Greetings from the strolling studio of No Fixed Address. I realize it has been some time since we have gotten together, and I apologize for that. It has been a crazy month. Um, now that I've been in like ministry for my my first sort of official year in a church of this size, I realize September is, is launch month, and that means you get absolutely nothing else done in your life. So, I've been doing mostly church stuff. Constant, non-stop, announcing things, doing the things, thanking the people for being part of the things, and then announcing the next thing. So it's been pretty crazy, and I'm glad to be here in the strolling studio, which today finds me in my car on a rainy day while my kids look at screens. Geocaching scripture, and I wanted to tell you a story about when I was 16, and I went on a mission trip to what was called the former Soviet Union at the time. We, um... Now, I, I, don't, I don't think they would call it anything like that. Um, in 1993, when I went, it was a very big deal that it was the former Soviet Union. Uh, I went there on a missions trip. We stayed in Estonia for three weeks. And at one point, we went to um, St. Petersburg, Russia for a weekend. And that was a very bizarre experience for a suburban white kid, 16 years old, who had heard all these bad things about Russia you know, the whole time, and so I went to this place that was really sad, because everything was kind of just broken down, there was all these statues of Lenin that were sort of falling apart everywhere, and a lot of empty spaces that used to be bustling with people, and also people discovering um, freedom, and discovering not being reported, and all sorts of other good things at the same time. Um, and we went to church in a former Soviet meeting hall, which was one of the most bizarre experiences I think I've ever had. Um, so we're there, and we're experiencing church, you know, kind of a big, kind of bland sort of meeting hall, except that everything was red. I think the curtains were red. The carpets were this thick red shag um, to, you know, drive the communist thing home. And there were stained glass windows of, like, Stalin and Lenin. Like, it was really creepy mix of symbols. And there we were singing, you know, your 1993 praisers, you know. Um, Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. And you'd look over to the side and there'd be Lenin staring at you while you were doing that. It was really strange. It was a very strange mix of symbols and a mix of, like, a place that had, within the last, like, five years, been a place where the Communist Party met to make plans or whatever the heck they did. And here we were, meaning they were praising God. So it was a very strange mix of these symbols all in one place. So I want to kind of bank off that today and talk about our scripture from Matthew 24. First of all, welcome to Geocaching Scripture. Geocaching is this nerd geography hobby where you get on this app and you find these geocaches, which are little tiny treasures that may be on a hike that you may find familiar or in a park or something like that. You find them under a tree. I've found them inside statues and all kinds of interesting places. And it's usually just a can that says, you know, has a log in it that says, hey, I found this, I've been here, and everybody else kind of says, hey, on the log. And it's what it is is, is more of a treasure hunting adventure than actually finding anything. Um, and my experience of scripture has been, you know, that I've gotten so familiar with it over the years, um, that finding these little treasures, little what I call geocaches of, of language, history, 
um, cultural situation, all kinds of things has helped me to see the, the dimension in the scripture that I didn't see before. And that's become part of my adventure. And it's become kind of the way I look at scripture. So geocaching is what we're going to do today. And we're going to look at Matthew chapter 24, uh, verse 26 through 28. I'll read that to you. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. So, another cheery verse um, to put on a cross-stitch sampler or something. This comes at the end of Jesus talking about um, what some people call the mini-apocalypse. Um, and I've done a couple of episodes on this that you can definitely check out. It's uh, Matthew, and then it's parallels in Luke and Mark. Um, that talk about this time when Jesus gives the Olivet Discourse and he's talking about what's going to happen uh, in the near future. Oftentimes as Christians, we have a tendency to push all of this into the far future as modern Christians, into the far future as the second coming. Um, a lot of what Jesus is describing there actually is around the fall of the temple in AD 70 when Rome crushed Jerusalem because they got basically tired of their revolutions and they destroyed the temple which was a cataclysmic event it changed it changed the face of Judaism and everything and what it did for Christianity was basically say okay the temple system is over and Jesus is Lord and we can see that the chapter has turned to the next part of God's relationship with humanity and so he describes it throughout here um, of people looking for the Messiah. Look, he is here. Look, he is on, on the rooftops. He's in the inner rooms. Don't believe it. And he says, for as far as the lightning comes from the east and the west, it will be the coming of the Son of Man. And that's talking about Jesus' first kingdom when it's fully here as it is right now. And we wait, of course, for the consummation of that kingdom. And we have that hermeneutic that we call already but not yet. The already incoming of this kingdom and the not yet of the full coming of the kingdom in the second coming. So Jesus is talking about the fall of the temple in AD 70. One of the things that a, a historian of this, the time described, and this is one of the less grisly descriptions I ran across, he said, One would have thought that the hill itself on which the temple sh stood was seething hot from its base. It was so full of fire on every side. And yet the blood was larger in quantity than the fire. And those that were slain were more in number than those that slew them. For the ground was nowhere visible for the dead bodies that lay on it. And this is a description of Rome's um, destruction of the temple. And this was where so many people were crucified that it, you, know, you could see them across the horizon. It was a vicious crushing. It was similar to, you think of um, uh, Russia and Crimea. When they, when they were moving in on a very small country and just demolishing it. Um, and it was just brutal and sadistic. Um, and Jesus describes this as an apocalyptic event that changes God's relationship with humanity. Right. The interesting passage here, the little tiny geocache here, wherever the corpse is, the vultures will gather. Interesting uh, wording here, and now see how the, the King James renders this. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered. In those times, they didn't really uh, differentiate between eagle and vulture. At least that word can go both ways. And what is interesting here is that they use that word eagle 
And the eagles were the symbolic standard of the Roman Empire. Talking about the death of Judaism as they knew it. The carcass and gathered around it were the eagles. And it very much looked like that. That the eagles had gathered around a carcass because there were so many Roman soldiers and garrisons and flags that were coming in at that time. And it's similar, uh, in a way, to my, my strange experience of the going to church in, in the Soviet Union, where there was this clashing of symbols in one place. And, and it's similar in the sense that the eagles would be gathered around the carcass of what used to be the way God related to humanity, and now the way God relates to humanity is through Christ. And we can see that it was, obviously, as a description I read, it was dark and heavy and awful. But that God used that, even that, to move the story along. And that resurrection came out of even that. And I think that's our geocache and that's our message. Is that resurrection came out for my Russian friends. That we could be in there celebrating and worshiping God even though we saw the light shining through Stalin's head on the window. But that was all the more celebration because that was fallen. And eventually Rome was fallen. And eventually every kingdom will fall. But that we will worship even there where they fell. Because resurrection is the end of the story. Pax Humana. Cheers. Cheers.